Hey folks, welcome back to Learning to Serve. I'm your host, Krista Wallace. Today, we have a good friend of mine, Dr. Stan Ward, uh, on our podcast, and he holds a PhD in leadership studies and has taught and served in leadership positions in Christian schools. He taught my daughter's senior Bible seminar in a group of international and U.S. students from a variety of Christian and non-Christian backgrounds, and his teaching style deeply impacted her. So I admire the way he has led his students to be curious instead of dogmatic, to learn how to listen and be able to build bridges and conversations of faith with high school students. Basically, how to share your faith and keep your friends. So let's listen in. Hey folks, and welcome to Season 2 of Learning to Serve, the podcast that explores deeper learning in Christian schools. I'm Krista Wallace, creator, producer, and host of the show. Let's dive in. All right. Well, welcome, Dr. Ward. It is awesome to have you on Learning to Serve. Uh, you and I met several years ago when we were working at a, at a private Christian school in Texas. And one of my first weeks at this school, you gave me a copy of your book, and it's called Worldview Conversations, How to Share Your Faith and Keep Your Friends. So it's been a great book. I've kept it in my library this, the, all these years. Um, what was going on? What inspired you to write this book? Uh, what was, what was, what's the backstory on this? Yeah, well, you know, I was responding to a couple of things. One of which was, um, I felt like this culture warrior idea of worldview wasn't serving us, um, as a, as a Christian community, essentially, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I think about that idea of, you know, if you only have a hammer, then everything looks like a nail, right? And so it really was this idea of, okay, there are some other tools we need in order to be effective with both defending and sharing our faith and doing it in such a way that, you know, for lack of a better term, is winsome, right? Yeah. Uh, that, that people actually want to listen and, and don't feel like something's being force fed to them. Mm-hmm. Some of this also was just the context of the school. Uh, you know, of course, as you know, this, the school had a, a mixed population, both Christian and non-Christian. So Christian families and non-Christian families, there, mm-hmm. there wasn't a faith statement that, that was required by students and an international community as well that was significant. And so some of this impetus was finding a system to to really relate and connect with students who were asking hard questions, very personal questions, you know, I mean, you know, what happened to my grandfather who never heard about Jesus? I mean, it wasn't theoretical. This was real. So what does this mean? What does God do about that? And again, creating a resource and a paradigm to speak to those folks in a way that wasn't just about culture warrior mentality, but was really more culture healing. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and I love actually that international connection was what drew me to that school. And I mean, we had students from Saudi Arabia, you know, we had students from China. So we had students from very 
non-Christian cultures that were now in Texas, in this Christian school environment. And this is, this is honestly brand new information for some of these kids, right? And so I loved how, because my oldest daughter was in, is it was in your Bible class and, and in class with, with her peers. And, um, and at the time she was really wrestling with, is all of this true? You know, is this just a bunch of hogwash or, and so she was wrestling personally as a, as an 18 year old senior. Um, and so I love the, the, just the, the, some of the protocols that the idea that we listen, just that. So can you talk about, um, what, what was, well, let me ask this, what was going on in school culture and in your Bible class in particular that inspired you to write worldview conversations? Thanks. I would say a couple of things. One, it was based on feedback I got from students that weren't coming from traditional Christian households that were saying they were appreciating the way we handled the class. I, I'm very Socratic in my teaching method. Mm -hmm. um, I, so as part of my background, my first attempt at a PhD, I, I do have a PhD in leadership studies, but, but years and years ago, I attempted a PhD in Hebrew Bible. I was at a, essentially a liberal divinity school uh, doing work in Hebrew Bible mm -hmm. and discovered that although I had a, you know, a good Christian education from a quality undergraduate institution, Christian undergraduate school, you know, CCCU school, I had a master of divinity from a, a, a seminary, an accredited seminary, but man, once I hit a, a what I would call the real world academic setting, I was woefully unprepared. Wow. And so some of this was coming from just me managing my own intellectual struggles mm -hmm. in an environment that was asking questions that had never been asked around me before. And I, and I just did not have the resources to deal with it. So some of this was a personal drive to engage students in such a way that they could survive that kind of setting. And again, that's I think that's also why I go back to this culture warrior thing you know, parents would come to me and they'd say, oh, I want you to train our students so they can argue with their professors. I'm just telling you, you get a PhD, it does not train you to listen to students and engage them in, in winsome conversation. It trains you to be a horse's backside and it trains you to, to beat somebody up with argument. Mm. Um, so that was not going to work. Yeah. So again, that was the personal side of it. And, and then again, some of this also, my, my job was changing at the time too. I had been teaching the uh, 11th grade Bible class, was a Bible program chair, was going to stay the Bible program chair, but I was picking up some administrative responsibilities and was only going to be teaching the senior Bible class. So I needed to create a resource that sort of captured the best things of that junior Bible class while I was teaching it so that I didn't have to be in the classroom to make that happen. So it's essentially the greatest hits of Bible 11 with, you know, Stan. <laughs> so give, give me a little bit or give our listeners a little bit about what, what's the process, right? How do you share your faith and keep your friends? Yeah. Uh, and of course, no guarantees there even, but essentially it's, it's really three things. As I reflected on my experience working with students from both 
Christian cultures and non-Christian cultures as I reflected on a desire to meet people where they are and help them essentially take one step forward. Mm -hmm. There were three things. Okay. One, understand your own faith, right? Mm. So as Christian educators, hopefully we can all relate to that. Mm -hmm. uh, there are, you know, this, this Christian stuff isn't just all made up. Uh, you know, there are some, some facts we can point to. There are ways of thinking that will serve us well. Um, understanding, for me, it's about understanding uh, Christian worldview sort of as a story, right? About creation, mm -hmm. fall, redemption, and restoration. Mm -hmm. So start by understanding that. So you've got a groundwork to work from. Then two, this, and this goes back to the Stephen Covey book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of his habits was this idea of seek first to understand, then to be understood. Yeah. So two is do your best to understand the perspective of the other person involved in this, in this space, right? And so that's going to require a lot of listening. And then the third thing is have a genuine conversation. And that's probably the most revolutionary, right? Really? So it's not about scoring points, you know. It's, it's not even about necessarily persuading someone. Right. About meeting them where they are, bringing your understanding of who God is, how he's working in the world, what scripture tells us, and communicating it in such a way that it speaks to the questions of the other person. Mm, that's awesome. That is so powerful. So you, again, we had, you had students that were from drastically different cultures, right? Drastically different cultures. Yeah. Um, what impact did this have in your Bible class as your students were practicing this with one another? Hmm. Yeah, such a good question. Uh, I, I can think of some stories. I mean, I think of uh, one story is a, a student wasn't from North America who did ask me, you know, what does this mean for my grandfather? Mm. And uh, talking about, okay, well, I, as I read the Old Testament, I mean, there's two major themes in the Old Testament. By the way, this goes back to being able to understand your story, understand your faith. So, so mm -hmm really being able to put it in your own words. And, and I said, well, I'm convinced that part of the story of the Old Testament is that God is both just and loving. Mm -hmm. He's perfectly just, perfectly loving. And so I can't say for certain what's going to happen with your grandfather who grew up in this non-Christian culture and, and may have never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. I mean, probably heard of probably heard the name of Jesus, but I, I don't know what he heard. Um, yeah. I, I can't say that. What I can say is however God resolves it, I'm believing that it will be both just and loving. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. um, also thinking about stories. Uh, I remember the art teacher one time saying, I don't know what you guys did in class last hour, but it, it dominated that hour of art class with you know, these students talking about this stuff back and forth with each other. Right. And in a, in a true back and forth, again, not just uh, one side of this thing. Yeah. So I, th those are two stories that come to mind. I think that the powerful piece of this is 
I think too often we train our kids on apologetics and it's a one-sided conversation, right? It's, it's, I'm going to share with you what I've been trained to tell you. And there's no, there's no responsive listening on, on, on that student side. And so it's a, it's more like a discourse. We're training students on how to give a discourse of their faith, uh, which may help them understand their faith better, which is great. However, if you're on the other side of that, you're feeling fairly attacked and it's not conducive for conversation. And so, uh, in, and so this, there really is a posture of, of loving this other person, right? Uh, by knowing your faith, you know, by truly seeking to understand and not just be heard, um, and then joining them in a, in a genuine conversation. We're, we're in relationship with each other. This isn't my only conversation we're ever going to have together. Uh, I want to hear from you. I want to get to know you. What do you, what do you, how do you respond to this when you hear this? Because this may be the first time you've ever heard it. Um, you know, the whole term Christian is a political term many, in many places around the world. It's not a, it's not a faith-based term. Um, and so, you know, there's just a lot of things that our students, especially those that are raised in Christian schools, there's, they, we, we, we truly need to facilitate helping them understand how other people may respond to our faith in a really good way, right? That helps lead into genuine relationship that helps lead into genuine conversation so that that other person feels heard and valued and loved uh, just as I believe Jesus would respond. And so is this book available uh, online? Worldview yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's still available through Amazon. The Kindle version is available there as well as print version. And I've seen it show up in other places. I'm sure ABE books and some of these other places will have it. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to reflect as I as I heard you talking. Yes, if we're not careful, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because, right, Paul would conclude his letters with things like grace and peace to you, right? Mm, and yeah. we end up training our students to share neither grace nor peace. Yeah. And so I, I think we're doing both <laughs> them and those they engage with uh, a disservice. Yeah. And, and again, I, th I think even, okay, just just to put it out there, I, I think some of the, the craziness we're seeing, uh, you know, like the, the violence of the Capitol recently, things like that. I think that's a consequence of a culture warrior only tool set. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. So um, what would you say, you've touched on this a little bit already, but what would you say is the heart of what you wanted for your students as you taught them Bible. Yeah, well, grace and peace. Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that that part of the way I show up in the world. I, so I wouldn't say I will. I believe this. I know this. I I know that part of the way I show up in the world is trying to meet people where they are and then helping them take the next step mm -hmm. to where they they want to be or need to be. Mm -hmm. Um. I also know from my experience that one of the greatest disservices I could do for students is to sell them on a version of Christianity that on the outside 
you know, it was painted up as if it's really intellectually sound and, and based on all these facts and yada, 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 and, and beyond reproach or beyond dispute. Mm. And then let them get to college and realize, well, that's a bunch of poo. That That's a total lie. You know, my professor dismantled those arguments in 30 seconds. Or less. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I You know, just the, the tautologies we teach sometimes. Well, why is the Bible true? Well, the Bible says it's true. But if the Bible's not true and it says it's true, you know, come on. <laughs> it, it doesn't take a genius to see through those kind of arguments really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Where is there any other place within within this realm that you feel like Christian education has gone, has gone wrong? Uh, and where can we change direction? Um, especially with helping our students share their faith. So I will opine here, right? Okay. Um, I, I can't say this is necessarily research-based. Um, certainly I've read a lot of great books on Christian education over the years. I think that as Christian educators, we have put a false burden on ourselves, a burden that doesn't serve. Hmm. What do you and, mean? And that burden is a sense that to, to actually provide a Christian education means that we get students to assent to belief A, B, C, and D. If we can, if we can just get them to assent to beliefs A, B, C, and D, we've done our job. That's a Christian education. My fear is uh, that in getting them to assent publicly to A, B, C, and D, to fill those in on a test or whatever, we've missed a lot of other stuff that's really important and might serve them better when they do hit the university. Like what? Well, uh, definitely critical thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, to simply parrot information is not critical thinking. Yeah. Uh, the ability to listen to someone of a totally different philosophical system, mm-hmm. probably the biggest one. Yeah. Um, that's not going to go away. And again, I think some of the, the political violence we're seeing is because as a culture, we are now dominated by an inability to listen to someone of a, another philosophical or, or political pers- persuasion. We only know how to, to, to strike yeah. each other. Yeah. That's we've not stopped. serving as well. Yeah. We've, we've, we've truly, as a culture, we've, we really struggle to listen really. And, and if we can do it, honestly, if we can, if we can teach our students to do that well, oh my gracious their families will be blessed, their marriages will be blessed, their jobs will be, blessed. I mean, their communities will be, seriously. Um, and, and one of the things I love about this, uh, this movement of this Christian deeper learning is, is truly, we're, we're helping our students understand what's going on outside the walls of the school, right? What's happening in their community. We're inviting the community into our classrooms to inform right? And to invite them into, hey, this is a real issue in our community. Hey, fourth graders, what can we do to help impact, to help affect this issue? 
hey, seniors in high school, what can you do, right? So it's, in, it's, it's really exposing our stu students to real issues in the community and inviting them into uh, being a part of the solution. Um, and so in that very process, we have to listen. We have to learn to listen what's really going on um, so that I may respond accordingly, right? Uh, yes. So one of the things that frustrated me when I was in Christian education um, full time was a tendency to say, okay, here are my beliefs. So I am only going to find the facts out there that confirm the beliefs that I have, and I'm going to ignore everything else or just dispose of it. Mm -hmm. By the way, that's called bias confirmation. I mean, that's, that's a classic logic fallacy and, mm -hmm. um, and it's really pernicious in the sense that it's, it's difficult to deal with because a lot of times we're just blind to what we're doing. We don't, we don't realize that we're ignoring these things, right? We just, it's just human nature to seek out things that confirm what we already believe. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. <laughs> so to close, uh, I just want to say thank you for being on this uh, podcast today, learning to serve. Um, is, is there any last nugget of wisdom or invitation that you would like to share? with our listeners. Yeah. yeah, I think the last uh, nugget of wisdom is hopefully some encouragement. Um, ultimately, God's the one that does the convicting. The Holy Spirit's the one that does the convicting. Amen to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So take that burden off yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Show up, meet people where they are, answer their questions to the best of your ability and trust that the Holy Spirit's there. Yeah. Give the Holy Spirit a little elbow room. <laughs> and love each other genuinely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Paul, right? Let love be genuine. I think mm -hmm. I can't remember the translation that puts it that way, but yeah. Yes. Yes. Your love well, must thank be sincere. you. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I invite you to share this with a friend and give us a five-star rating wherever you find your podcast. I also invite you to visit our website at christiandeeperlearning.org. Check out our brand new blog posts that explore deeper learning in Christian schools and also register for CDL5, our in-person conference in San Diego, California, March 7 and 8. Remember this quote from Howard Hendricks. Christian education is like a bomb with a long fuse. It takes a while to go off.